0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast. This is episode 16, and we are really excited for you to hear it. And before we dive into today's episode, we want to let you know we've got some awesome new merchandise for Dads on the Fly. So make sure if you don't follow us on Facebook and Instagram to go and do that. Check out the new stickers, the new t-shirts. We would love to get one in your hands, especially as Christmas is right around the corner. And so if you're a dad and your wife's already asking, what do you want for Christmas? Hey, share her the new merchandise we have on Dads on the Fly. Makes a great Christmas gift. So we are really excited about today's episode. We are interviewing someone who we really think is a legend in the fly fishing world, especially in the state of North Carolina and here locally in western North Carolina in the mountains. So we cannot wait for you to hear that. So we're going to go ahead and dive on into it. It is a two-part episode, so go ahead and make plans to stick around for next week's second part of the interview with Mr. Ray Sug, the man of a thousand streams, and we're going to go ahead and dive in and let you get to meet him.
1: Everyone, to episode 16 of Dads on the Fly. We are here tonight. Uh, we have an extra special guest. I'm here with my brother, as always. Caleb, how you doing? I'm
2: doing great, man. Uh, got to spend some time on the water last week, and looking forward to spending some time on the water this weekend with you.
1: Yeah, we got a trip. So we, got we got a trip planned for, plan. Saturday, for so Saturday. So we're excited about that. So we're going to get out in the daylight hour Saturday. But but we are, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about tonight. We are this pumped about our guest tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you will just... If you are in the fly fishing world, you are going to want to hear this podcast episode tonight. Uh, we have with us, how did how, what did you say his name was according to NC Wildlife? Well, according to NC Wildlife, he's the man of a thousand streams, the man of a thousand streams, Mister Ray Sugg, who is a career educator and he fly fishes as his, I guess his main hobby. Uh,
3: yeah. I'd say Maine.
1: Okay, and uh, he's also into soccer, big time, right? Right. Yeah. If you've ever been to his classroom, it's like the Walt Disney World of classrooms. It's the most impressive classroom I've ever. I'm an educator for 13 years, and his classroom just—if you ever had a classroom—that's a classroom. He's like soccer posters everywhere, and he's got—he's got all these great trout posters, man. Like awesome fly fishing posters, um, North Carolina history. He is an expert in Appalachian history. He knows all about the area, and so uh, we're excited to talk to him tonight. And, Mr. Zuck, we just appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. We're going to dive right in. Let's do it. So, let's talk. Who introduced you to, and I call it a sport, right? A sport? The sport of fly fishing. Uh,
3: No one person, actually. um, I had a subscription to Outdoor Life magazine. And I I learned to trout fish, um, I'm going to say ninth grade, uh, started trout fishing. And, of course, I was using bait and spinners.
1: That's okay. That's how we got our yeah, start, too. That's how, how, we starts got our, that's that how everybody starts.
3: And um, at, at some point, um, I'm going to say my junior year, um, I had been reading Outdoor Life magazine and Field and Stream, Sports of Field. And, you know, I saw fly fishing, and I wanted to figure out what it was. And, you know, this is back before Internet and, shoot, before VCR. Um, I actually looked at pictures in a book and taught myself how to do this. <laughs> That's impressive because I've looked at a lot of
2: old fly fishing books that teach mm-hmm. you how to cast, teach you how to tie flies, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you can do that after like because I go to yeah. YouTube now, obviously. So. Uh,
3: YouTube is fantastic. I don't know how we did it, to be honest, but um, I did. I learned it basically by looking in a book. Uh, my first fly rod cost $9 from Kmart. That is awesome. Yeah, fiberglass fly rod. $9. $9. Do you still have it? I, no, I, bro- <laughs> I broke that a long time ago. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Okay, so you started fly fishing, and did you grow up in this area?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm from eastern North Carolina originally, from Greenville, and I was in the first grade when we moved up to uh, Fairview, And then second grade, we moved to what's basically West Asheville, right down the road from Irwin High School. So that's where I I lived until I got married. So So we are just –
1: let's just go ahead and throw it out there. The blog is the website for everybody, and then we'll talk about it all.
3: www.troutbum.site, S-I-T-E.
1: www.troutbum.site, and – Folks, if you're listening to our podcast and you're a fly fisherman or a fly angler, you you need to go check this website out. It is – it I could stay on it. I can read it all. Day. I mean, it's it's great.
2: Oh, I went down a rabbit hole the other night and uh, looked at my phone, and it was 1 a.m. After I
1: kept <laughs> scrolling through and looking at a lot of your blog
2: posts and a lot of your different um, – just all the different creeks you've been in because it is uh, – it's quite impressive some of the – creeks that you pull trout out of. It well my impressive. my
3: daughter makes fun of me for the number of people that view my post, but that's okay. I'm just putting it out there for whoever wants to see it.
1: <laughs> oh well now you're on death on the fly so it can only it can only grow in popularity. So let's talk about where the idea came from and kind of the process. You have your rules, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the idea of and we'll go ahead and tell everybody you have now officially caught trout in a thousand streams in North Carolina. On a Correct? fly. On a fly.
3: yeah, That, I that tied. you tied. That you tied. Yes. At least at two. At least two. Okay, so let's go with the rules. On the same outing. Um, the you know, My original goal was to fish all of the streams that North Carolina calls trout water, all the designated streams. So when I got my license at 16, I got the Game Land Map book and the, the uh, Rules and Regulations book, and every stream that was listed in there – I set out to find. Now, I'm still at that point, I'm, I'm only going to fly fish at that point if it's a nice long riffle with not a lot of trees overhead. Uh, I would get the fly right out if I thought I, I stood a chance, but most of the time I was still spinner fishing. Uh fished a lot of, back then the designation was native trout water instead of wild trout. Uh, the, the limit was four fish and they had to be 10 inches long. And so I, I spinner fished a lot of those. I did fly fish some of them. But my goal was just to to fish the creeks, not even catch anything. I was going to find it, get in the water and make some casts. And real quick, did, we're like all
1: of I've not I've never seen that book, but I get on the website and now they have the map. Mm-hmm. So like every little blue line now that is a different no, no, was no, no, that no. not like that then? No. Okay.
3: Uh they didn't they didn't have that map. Uh, basically, it, it was like reading hieroglyphics, honestly. They were terrible maps. Um, we for, Let me give you an example. We were going to go. I would never been to Bryson City. And I had read, and I didn't understand I was reading in a book that was published in 1925, but I read a book about how uh, it was, uh, I think, hunting and fishing in the Smokies by a guy named Jim Gasky. And he talked about how great a trout stream Deep Creek was. And so I looked on this Game Lands map book. And, you know, it's close to some Game Lands in Swain County. So it, it showed just right where it runs into Bryson, into the Tuck. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I tried to get there by following this map. And I ended up going Cherokee through on 19, the old road. Yeah. And then, you know, when you get to the Steel Bridge, there's actually a, a dirt road <laughs> on the Tuckasegee side, uh-huh. down to the mouth of Deep Creek, that at times of high water is underwater. Oh, wow. And then, you know, I get to Deep Creek and I fish, and, of course, actually I didn't fish. Uh, I didn't know that they intertubed. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. You know, the Nobody patch was all just, yeah. you know, I never I found been. this yeah. on paper and I got <laughs> yeah. there.
3: So, by the way, my sister and I were back the next Saturday intertubing. Nice. But... Um, <laughs> I was amazed to find out that there are actually paved roads leading to Bryson City. On the way back, I found a bypass. That's awesome. But, yeah, cause that's how bad these maps Paper were. Map.
2: These are the days before yes. Google Maps and iMaps and uh, Yeah, I learned GPS. how to read bad maps. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> You're probably a whole lot better at it than we are because of that now. Yeah. Okay,
1: so the rules are you have to catch a fish on your fly. Like-
3: well, the, the guy that did it first, Bobby Kilby, uh, just – one day on a whim decided he wanted to do that. And when he did it, he completed it in 2007 maybe, uh, and uh, maybe 2008. But I read about it in Wildlife in North Carolina. Uh, An author named Jack Horan wrote the story. And at that point, you know, I was still going to try to fish all the listed trout streams. And my first thought when I saw that was, this guy has fished some tiny creeks, and he's ignored a lot of post-it signs. Yeah, that,
2: that's <laughs> that my first well. That's thought. my thought that's when I saw first it too. Thing I'm thinking, I about, are you absolutely. are you like fishing it's, in people's backyards? Well, or? when you
3: figure, you know, at that point, I think the state recognized 350 different streams as trout water, and then a lot of minor streams that they it never actually made the the regulations book, but because they were tributaries of actual trout streams, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they had trout in them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I've gotten in contact with him. Uh, He he actually was one of the contributors to the Jackson County Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Western North Carolina Fly Fishing Trail. Have Mm -hmm. you all been on that website? So he's one of the ones that put that together. Um, And I contacted the site administrator when I saw his name as a contributor. He calls me up the next night at home, and we talked for an hour. Nice. And um, so his rule was to catch two fish on a fly, and he is dry fly exclusive. Oh wow! Two fish on a fly, um, on in the same outing in the creek. Okay. Um, now you know there were some that he would catch. He, he'd stay and catch twenty. Others, when he caught a second trout, he was done. Yeah. Um, but basically, I tweaked his. I am not exclusive of dry fly. You know, I will, I will put out there what I think they want to eat. Yeah. Um, very pragmatic when it comes to fly selection. But they have all been tied by me. That's awesome. So after I met him, I went back and and added up the creeks I had fished. And here, you know, he's got a 1,000. And at that point, I had about 130. And, you know, I was one of those guys that if you asked me, have you fished this, have you fished that, the answer was always yes. Yeah. And, you know, this guy's got almost 900 creeks more than I do. So when we started talking, I realized – Yes, he had ignored some posted signs, <laughs> but I've led him down the righteous path. <laughs> uh, he has fished some tiny streams that um, I, some of them I had walked by many times, yeah. not even considered casting in there. Um, but we decided, he, he had not fished some of the, the tributaries of Middleprong. And so we, he came out here and met me, and we walked in from the top at Sweetwater Spring yep. and fished, I don't know, he got four new creeks. Oh, wow. And for him to get four new creeks in one outing, so uh, he and I struck up a friendship right away. In fact, we're going to fish together this Saturday uh, down in Rutherford County, which is kind of the edge of trout water.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I there, trout streams out blue, there
3: there are some wild trout streams. Okay. That's
1: a whole other question. We can talk about that later. It wasn't on my. I'd like to know where the Rutherford County trout hide, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't. It's so miraculous to me. One that where you were able to do this, and two, you did it. You did a lot of it pre. In I mean, some of it pre. When did you start? When was your start out?
3: When I my list starts? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say when I finally decided to mainly fly fish, I was in college. And so that would have been in the early eighties. To the early eighties. And, you know, college summers, uh, I was in college in South Carolina, but my summers, um, I was working a lot, but every Saturday I was in a trout stream somewhere. And that's when I hit all of the, um, well, you know, a lot of creeks I'd already fished before, but I came back and fished with flies. Mm-hmm. So I got Shining Rock Wilderness. Yep. I mean, got all those creeks. Um, a lot in the counties right around Buncombe. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going like two counties away at that point, except, you know, like once a season, I would, I would find one on the map that was maybe Graham County or in the other direction, Watauga, and go. But for the most part, I was just... I I drew a small circle around Buncombe County.
1: So you you said Shining Rock Wilderness, which we kind of are familiar with that based on where we live. So it's a random rabbit hole question. How many streams can you – like how many named streams are there? I mean, I know some of them. But how many – do you count like – so let's say you got the Big East, right? Right. That's our main river right Right. there. And then anything
3: that branches off, do you
1: you classify that name, right?
3: Uh, Even if it doesn't have a name – if like Middle Prong, there are three unnamed tributaries. Yeah, I was gonna
2: say once you get up come high enough, out in of Prong.
3: named coves, mm. and so we just call it. We name it whatever cove it is on the map. <laughs> I love it. And, and I mean, these are speckled trout streams. They're trout in them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's also awesome. that really
2: cool. So how do you? It sounds like you hit more than one stream on a trip a lot
3: of times. Usually, if you know it's getting harder now that I've hit a thousand. there's there's yeah. not a pl- lot of places where there's a concentration of streams. There's yeah. still a few. Mm-hmm. Most involve uh, a long hike and a overnight, okay. Uh, there's still some of those areas I haven't gotten to yet. I, I, I have a bucket list. I, I listened to your podcast about your bucket list. And okay. I, I have a bucket list, but it's all in North Carolina. <laughs> that's crazy to think about.
2: You've hit a thousand streams in North Carolina and you still have a bucket oh, list. Still, to hit so, more. I, I still haven't unreal. fished
3: Eagle Creek in the park. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I've never been there either. Yeah, so we never. Been that, that's there on either. the list. Okay. But uh, when I first started um, trying to hit a thousand, I would go to an area like Allegheny County. I mean, there's not a lot of public trout water in Allegheny County, but I'd, I'd fish the hatchery-supported streams and then any tributary that looked trouty. Um, I know one trip Bobby took me to uh, Mitchell County, Little Rock Creek. I'd fished it, so I mean it was it's a major trout stream in that area. There are nine named tributaries in Little Rock Creek that all are good trout streams. Oh wow! I mean we were catching eight and nine inch brook trout in in creeks that you could hop across that's
1: and i would imagine unreal. you are one of the few people there correct Just though they get Didn't less pressure fishermen yeah
3: and and if you know anything about little rock there's not a lot of public land but because it's it's a wild trout stream comes off of roan mountain uh even where it flows through people's backyards they've got the signs up saying uh trespassing for fishing only and you know, like parking huh. for anglers. I've
1: never seen those signs. I would like some to put up some places yeah, we go. <laughs> yeah,
3: they, they need some around here. Yeah. It's it's like a piece of paper, eight and a half by eleven, and it's got the, the diamond wildlife mm-hmm. symbol, and it says like parking or, or access only for anglers. Okay. Now has that
1: changed in your fly fishing career? Well, I mean, I know it hasn't. It's the always regulations been regulations, or well, just how access. how difficult some of the access has become. Access, we even have seen it recently yeah. in our experience, and we've not yeah. fished near as long as you have. But
3: access has always been, if the stream is right beside the road, you sort of have right of way to fish it, unless they put up a posted sign. Mm-hmm. If it's in the person's backyard, you probably should ask. You know, knock on the door and ask. And I've knocked on a lot of doors. Um, Ever ever had any thrown in your face? What's that? Ever had any thrown in
2: your face? No, no.
3: Um, Bobby tells me this is my superpower. I will knock on a complete random stranger's door. And you don't say, can I fish that creek? You just introduce yourself and you start talking. And next thing you know, they're telling you about their trip to Hawaii and 30 minutes later, you pop the question. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, with, with people in Western North Carolina, you have to establish your relationship. You really do. <laughs> they, you, and I look like somebody they think they ought to know. <laughs> okay. I yeah. think, I honestly think that's what it is.
1: This is almost like challenge accepted. <laughs> I was going to say, this <laughs> is somebody straight like up me. your alley. That is like right up my alley of, that, almost, yeah. can I, I want to see if I can do that now.
3: I've had some very polite no's. I have been escorted off, and I, honestly, I didn't realize I had reached um, private land. I was fishing up a mm-hmm. a legal area, and I just kept going upstream, and they didn't have any posted signs down on the creek. And so I was going up through there, and somebody yelled at me, and it's an older gentleman, and he is packing heat. Oh, of course, he's not. He hasn't pulled it on me yet, but he's got it in a holster, and he's patting it. And he said I had to leave, so we start walking out and start talking. And before we get a hundred yards, he's saying, "There's a big brown over there. Why don't you cast it over there?"
2: That is great.
3: Yeah, and he actually he invited me back.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
3: I took Bobby to that one. That's it's Rock Creek in in Green River area of Polk County. Okay, yeah, oh, I've heard and of Green River. It's none of it. None of this part is in public hands. It's all private. Yeah. Um. And it's it's just a little wild rainbow trout stream.
1: That's awesome. That's great. So, I guess we kind of figured out how you found them before the web. Do you still use those options, or how do you? You said you've got some as far as finding a new creek. Yeah, like for now. So, how are you finding them now, or maybe in the last eight five years? How did you find
3: them? Did Uh, you use the internet? Not. I did. um, Honestly, there are two out of print books by a guy named Frederick Fish. These things were printed back in the sixties. And one of them is the trout streams of North Carolina. And this guy did a fantastic job. He not only has regulations of everything that was regulated as trout water, he has access, what road you take to get there, like the county road numbers, uh, what species are in there. He even covers non-regulated, like Mm -hmm. every tributary that he thinks has trout in it. And either he fished them all himself or he asked somebody. And it is a fantastic resource.
1: So my question would be, are we to expect a Ray Sug version at some point in our future?
3: Uh, yeah. I don't know. What, what we have found out is you have to be careful which streams you name. Some people get really angry. <laughs> yeah
2: (laughs) tell me about that what like just because you're burning their spots you're burning their spots
3: or either if it's on private land you have to have their permission Mm -hmm. for sure put it out there if it's on public land but especially in haywood county if it's somebody's favorite speckle trout stream like i said middle prong i'm already in trouble yeah Uh, we,
1: (laughs) we we decided when we started this podcast that we do understand that we could go down we've we actually have an episode we plan to do about this, but how people do burn spots or stuff. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we're not going to, we don't typically throw out a lot of names, mm-hmm. but like middle prong, we know where middle prong is. We know, we fish that river system and it, in a way it's public water. Right. That, that's the way we kind of view it. Like it's, it's public water. It so. has
3: shown up in, in published fly fishing guides. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, you know, I, I've, I've seen it in three or four different ones. Um, you know, one guy, I don't know if you've read Jimmy Jacobs' book. He's a guy from Georgia that fishes in this area a lot. And I think his is fly fishing southeastern streams maybe. Okay. But he's got like Kentucky, yeah, South Carolina, that, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, according to him, middle prong is not big enough to fly fish. What kind of fly rods he using then is what yeah, I want to know. only throw like a spay cast or something? Like the, <laughs> well, I know he likes teleco in Tennessee. Yeah. You know, it's a good-sized stream. Yeah. And, you know, some guys, if they can't get, you know, if they're not putting 20, 30 feet of line out, they're not fly casting. Yeah,
1: we sometimes don't do that in a full day.
3: There are times <laughs> I don't see anything but my leader on water. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> where we're
1: at. Yeah. We enjoy that more. Though. And we love every minute of it. That's what yeah. we've grown to do. When, when I us. teach
3: people how to, how to fly fish in this area, the first thing I have to tell them is you want to cast up there, and then you're going, to put your fly, you're going to put your fly line over these 10 fish right here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's catch the close one first mm-hmm. before you try to catch that one. And uh, we actually, uh, the guy that wrote the story in the magazine, Jack Haran, the guy has paddled 3,000 miles in a canoe. Wow. And he fly fishes, but he had not caught a trout on a fly. So Bobby and I took Jack and one of his buddies two weeks ago, and he ended up catching two little wild rainbows on a fly. But uh, the guy that was with him is a very experienced fly fisherman, but he's used, he fishes delayed harvest. Mm-hmm. And we put him in this tiny freestone rainbow trout stream. Yeah. And I watched him for five minutes and I said, Watch this. And I just showed him how to pocket water fish. Uh-huh. He picked it up right away, started catching trout. That's awesome. But he, you know, he was wanting to throw out the 30 foot cast.
2: Yeah, it's so funny when I take people for the first time, a lot of times that's. You know they've seen a the river run through it, and they want yeah, to do a big old big cast, cast. And yes. i like, if you can just learn to roll cast,
3: you'll you'll be golden. I will fish an entire day only roll casting in yeah. the summer. I'm oh yeah, fit, you're like a little green inchworm, and I only roll cast. And you know, every, I'm gonna say 15 fish an hour, 20 fish an hour, yeah. all day long. That's awesome.
1: So most of your trips. Let's say you're going to, say you get two streams right mm-hmm. in a day, just or maybe even one, and do you fish four or five hours? Do you fish, Or I know it depends on time of year. Right. But if it's springtime and we've times changed, we got daylight. I mean, are you a all day kind of guy? I am an
3: all day guy. Okay. I got a good wife. Let me just put that. <laughs> um, Your daughter's that, older I now too. I have a too. good mother-in-law. Uh, her daddy was a big fly fisherman. Okay. in this area and when we got married you know my mother-in-law said "Angie, you better let that boy fish so we have this great can relationship can we
2: introduce angie and your
3: mother-in-law to our wives <laughs> I, I let her shop she lets me fish that's awesome we've been married over 30 years so we're good <laughs> That
1: is plain. i like that idea that works good so you're an all-day guy do you do overnight trips as well
3: yeah when i can um, I, I love backpacking trips. I like base camp. Uh, every summer I, I've got a, a group of guys that we've had a traditional camping trip at Snowbird the week after graduation every summer since I've been at Tuscola. Uh, Doug Brooks uh, used to be the football coach at Tuscola. Got this started long before I started teaching there, and it is still going strong. So we'll camp at Snowbird. And, you know, they're going to fish, you know, some of the guys are going to fish the water right there that's stocked water. It's actually delayed harvest, but in July, you know, it's it's a hatchery supported. Uh, a, a few will hike up into the brook trout water, which is, you know, about a four-mile uphill hike. I have, you know, I don't have any desire to go in there anymore uh, as far as upper Snowbird, where all the, the, you know, all the speckled trout water is. I have been and I've fished all the name streams up in there. And that is a long walk. Yeah. I've done it twice in one day cuz we we came out and somebody was missing and we went back in. Oh wow. That is a rough hike. So I'll I'll stay in the base camp and if they want some of the guys want to go up in the speckle trout water, that's fine with me. I'm usually driving two or three watersheds over and finding streams I haven't fished yet. That's cool. And you know there's still a handful over there that I haven't but there's not a whole lot. That's, yeah. you know, that's something I do every <laughs> July for a whole week. Wow. Uh, we took a – Bobby and I and some friends of his from Georgia. Uh, by the way, this this is a, a Trout Unlimited group, uh, I think from Turner's Corner, somewhere in that area in Georgia. And they do things all the time. I want to know why our Trout Unlimited chapter doesn't always plan fun trips. That's just me. Anyway, <laughs> that that's just uh, – a string to pull.
1: <laughs> Put it out there. I'm not, a, I'm not even in our chapter of Trout Unlimited. Yeah, we need to be. No, we need we, to be. we probably should uh, look at that.
3: But they, they're always planning trips. That's cool. So they cool. have a trip, a backpacking trip in the Smokies every summer. And in the spring, they do a camping trip at Shenandoah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Every year. So we we tagged along on their backpacking trip a few years ago to Hazel Creek in, in the Smokies. You take a, the boat across. mm mm-hmm. Uh, we hiked up halfway, well, seven and a half miles, to Bone Valley and made our camp there. It stayed for a week. I got 14 new creeks that week. Wow. That's awesome. And there's still some I didn't get. <laughs> so, wow. So 14 so, new
2: so I got a quick question, and then we're going to – I want you to answer it, and then we're going to take a short break okay. and uh, ask a few more questions just about kind of how you approach each stream. But why – so here, here's – maybe you can speak to this. I know – what you've done really resonates with my brother because he's always the like hey let's go try this new stream hey let's go try this new stream hey let's go try this new stream and i'm more of like hey we know where the fish are we've been there before why don't we just go back and catch them again so why i guess if you could speak to that a little bit why
3: absolutely it's the the thrill of discovery okay uh when you fish a stream that um I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a stream in Ash County, Three Top Creek, that it's heavily stocked. And every single tributary of this creek has wild brown trout in it. And wow. we're talking streams that you could easily hop across. And i they're not monsters, but these are wild fish 10 to 14 inches. That's,
2: that's monsters that for wild is, fish.
3: That to me, that's a good day. It's like and a I mecca. Just, absolutely and they're right beside the road they don't involve a hike i have actually caught a 14 inch brown standing in the road (laughs) that's (laughs) That's awesome
1: that's great Great. uh before we take a break just one thing that we don't have on our question list i want to ask you because you're much more experienced angler than we are how have the regulations changed in north carolina from when you started to now, I mean, I know we've got DHY and we have all that kind of switch.
3: And then we'll shift gears and go into other stuff. Uh, when I was in high school, you had three choices. Um, they called it general, which was basically you could keep seven fish and, and no lure or bait restrictions. And back then, the old rule was any any streams on game lands were automatically general trout streams unless designated otherwise. And so when you read the regulations book, it listed all the wild trout water. And if you wanted to find out what streams in a county were stocked, you actually had to contact the, um, somebody in the county, like Chamber of Commerce or something. They did not post the stock streams. They didn't post a schedule of when they stocked. The wild trout streams, some were on um, public land. A lot of it was on private land. And back then, they called that native. You could catch, you could keep four trout. Uh, Davidson River was wild trout or native trout. You could spinner fish it. You could keep four trout. They Browns and rainbows had to be 10, and brook trout had to be seven. And then they had three streams that were called trophy streams. And not that they were trophy trout in there. They, that was their way of, I think, limiting it to fly fishing. Uh, the regulation was flies only, and when I was in high school, that would have been the the Nanahala River, uh, the Standing Indian section, the, the headwaters of the Nanahala. and South Mills, mm-hmm. and the other one. It wasn't South Toe back then. I can't remember what the other one was. Um, anyway, there, there were three that were catch and release flies only. Uh, that they call trophy. At some point, they put in a slot limit. Davidson had a slot limit where you could keep trout. You could keep four, but you could not keep a fish between I'm thinking 10 and 16 inches. Okay, you had to release those. And of course, there were lots and lots of 16 inch fish, or 15 and a half inch fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then when, when they went with the uh, catch and release. Davidson, I think that was the first one that was just fully catch and release flies only. Um, that one, you know, the Davidson changed. I, I spent a lot of time in the Davidson before that. Mm-hmm. Now, I just don't like to see someone every 15 feet.
2: Yeah, that's the way we, Like the way at the hatchery, yeah.
3: you can just see those big fish cruise around, but there is always going to be somebody there. Yep. They've all been caught so many times uh the the tale is that not only do they know the fly pattern they know who tied it
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good. are you i know we're going to take a break Caleb but are you um as what i would consider i mean i, I would just put him on the hall of fame if i was up to me in north carolina for trout fishermen in north carolina are you kind of happy with how we regulate it now or I um, don't want to get you in any trouble i mean you just got No
3: no no did <laughs> an interview with the I, wildlife I understand <laughs> Each part of it. I I get it. Um, At some point, they made the the conscious decision, instead of focusing on the fishermen who want to fill the krill Mm
1: -hmm. and have
3: trout for supper, they made the conscious decision to focus on most of their efforts on wild trout populations, uh, including restoring some brook trout streams. I know they've done a lot more of that in the park, but but the... uh, State biologists are working on doing that. Uh, one of the biggest things they're working on right now is the uh, culverts, like Forest yeah. Service Roads. Mm-hmm. Rather than have a pipe where the water pours down 10 feet, um, they're trying to make it just a big, wide bridge where you're not interrupting uh, the migration up and down of the of the creek mm-hmm. or of the fish. Uh, so they're working on that. Um they know that they need to have some creeks. I talked to a guy last night at Jonathan Creek. He owns a house right on the creek. He's a fly fisherman. Um, and we were talking about how the creek is right through Maggie. Great yep. population of browns and rainbows. Mm-hmm. It, it has not fished as good this year as it has in the past. And he was telling me that uh, you know they they kept a lot of fish out of there. He saw a lot of people take a limit, go home. Come back. Come back, yeah. catch another limit. Um, and he, he was saying that he wished they would make mag, or make Jonathan Creek a delayed harvest stream. That's never going to happen. That, uh, the fact that you can still go and catch a limit of fish there, uh, that draws a lot of people to the area. It keeps a lot of the guys happy who are buying fishing licenses. Mm-hmm. If at any point they decide to stop having those streams... And, and, you know, Jonathan Creek, you can stock it all you want. It's still got a great population of trout. But there's some streams, uh, not necessarily in Haywood County, but other counties, that if they didn't stock them, there would not be trout there. Yeah, There's not any reproduction. It is simply put and take. Yeah. I think the wildlife people know that if there, there wasn't a place for those people, one of two things is going to happen. Poaching is going to increase. Mm-hmm. Or... They're just going to stop buying licenses.
1: And then they're not going to be able to pay to do all the stuff we
3: want to do. They're not going to be able to fund what they really yeah. want to do.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we started out, we learned how to trout fish <clears throat> in DH water. Um, fly I fish, mean, yeah. To fly fish, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, we trout fished in, well, we told our story in our first couple episodes about going to Cherokee right. and, and like spinner fishing. And then once we caught fish on a fly rod, we have never turned back. And, uh, and we still... We still we talk about this all the time. We still go to DH Water sometimes, right? Um, You know, sometimes it's what we do, and uh, and we're not we we like it. We think it we think it builds. I like it. I think it's a
3: great opportunity. Um, I know people that that's all they want to fish. Yeah, you know me. I I want the wild trout experience, but there are days in the summer, or I'm sorry, in the middle of the winter, where you might as well not even bother if you're expecting. You know, the fishing is always good, but. These wild trout streams that the sun doesn't hit the water, the catching is not going to be good. Mm -hmm. You might as well go to a delayed harvest stream. Uh, Most of them tend to be lower on the river, farther downstream, warmer temperatures, and and active trout. Um, I went, I don't know, a couple years ago on New Year's Day and caught, I think, 16 on midges on top. I was at the Steel Bridge. Oh wow! Yeah, I know
1: where you're at. <laughs> and, and
3: you know, there are little dimples all over the place, and it was only one other fisherman there
1: because it was cold,
3: and it was cold. Yeah, but so, they were they were still feeding on top. That's
1: all awesome. right. So before we kind of wrap this first episode up, we'll just go with when is is it ever too cold for race up to Absolutely. fish?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Did, what are, what, are this, your, what are our markers? This <laughs> is an easy marker when. You pull your line in, and the ice freezes yep, there. on your guides. <laughs> That's when it's time to get out of the That's water. That's when you're done. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Do you – but if it's not that cold, you're you're still all in.
3: Absolutely. So you have no – Now, in the, I weighed wet from um, middle of April until about the middle of October. Okay. I just recently put the lightweight waders on. Yep. It's got to be really cold for me to go to neoprene. But I will. If I'm fishing a tail race. if I'm fishing the or the you know, the mm-hmm. temperature is 45 degrees, I will be in neoprenes. Uh, and then I, I do a lot of delayed harvest fishing in January and February when it's not a good time to go out and try to get new streams. Mm-hmm. And usually midwinter, I'll be wearing neoprene chest waders.
1: So we're we're fishing Saturday, and it's, I don't know. I don't know what the temperature is. I haven't looked. Forty nine. Believe, be believe it or not, I haven't. It's going to be pretty chilly. So, <laughs> do you have a preference for time of day to fish during the winter? Based on, are you a, like an early morning daylight no, guy during the summer, or
3: no, 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 no? Um, if I thought that's what I needed to do to catch fish, I would. But I learned in the right place, they're going to bite all day. Uh, a lot of the creeks I'm going to are, are farther up in the watershed, and they're always shady and. Middle of the day is actually better on some of those than early morning, but now this time of year, I say between ten and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm meeting Bobby at nine Saturday morning. I'm not getting in the water. I'm going to. <laughs> there's there's a little restaurant at Chimney Rock. Yep. And we're gonna get breakfast at Jenny's, not Denny's. I know, right? We, I know, apps. right? We talked about my wife's family's got a house that. on Lake Lure. Okay, so we've been to Jenny's before. We're, we're going. Yeah, we're. I'm gonna be eating an omelet at Jenny's at 9:30 instead of freezing. So this time we'll of year, drink your coffee 10. and Absolutely. hang out.
1: And yes, <laughs> and enjoy it. All right, guys. Well, that is, I think, gonna do it for round one.
2: Yeah, Ray. Thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. And uh, I have a feeling uh, Part 2 is going to be even better Well, so. I
3: hope I didn't talk too much
2: No, that's what we needed <laughs> that, that was the reason you're here uh, so, right. <laughs> I, you, you can <laughs> that tell is great. I a No, I love it So uh, thanks everyone listening uh, Dads on the Fly here with Ray Sug, The man of a thousand streams And um, he's going to be around for Part 2 uh, So make sure next week you check out Part 2 Dads on the Fly episode That'll be episode 7 so make sure to check that out and uh, we will see you next time